We welcome you into another episode of Automotive Insiders. I'm your host, Jason Stein. China is a multimodal issue for automotive suppliers with uncertainties and risks in commercial operations and the supply chain. On the commercial operations side, there's risk coming from a variety of factors. Chinese government policy action, U.S. government policy, customer and court of public opinion. Traditional strategies for doing business in China are no longer sufficient. In fact, they can create vectors of risk. On the supply side, there's a broader trend towards regionalization, and many expect that trend will continue. Leading companies are being increasingly proactive in developing a view of their strategy around uncertainty and building proactive risk playbooks. The winners in the Chinese market are going to be the ones that think about strategy, supply chain, partnerships, and stakeholders differently going forward. To start off the new year, we focus on China. Bain executives Prashant Iyer and Rob Pick talk to automotive insiders about China and its changing nature. Well, welcome to the program, Prashant. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here. And Rob, it is good to be with you as well. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So let's talk first about uh, China and it really being a multimodal issue for automotive suppliers. You both have expert in this uh, topic. And we know there are uncertainties and risks that arrive from two different elements. Prashant, let me start with you. What are those two elements? Yeah, Jason, I mean, if I was to unpack that a little bit, there, the, the, the two major elements, one is commercial operations and the risk that China provides to automotive suppliers, automotive companies and broader companies in, in operating there. Um, and then the, the second are supply chain risks. And what we find is clients that we work with, both in the automotive space and across, deal with, deal with both modes of risks. And they're both incredibly complex and, 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 and really sort of hard and tough to navigate. Uh, but one that we find both client executive teams and boards asking asking about um, on a on a day to day or or week to week basis. So let me stay with you for the continuation of that. Then, so on the commercial operations, what do you look at when you consider the issue of China? Yeah, we 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 look at a, we look at a few things. Um, the the first thing we try to do is really understand what the risk profile is for for companies that are that are operating in China. Um, the reality is it's a it's a large market for for pretty much every multinational company and it can't be ignored. But it is one that is um, becoming increasingly more complex to navigate uh, and to succeed in. So the first thing we do is is try to identify the risk profile that that that, that is created based on a company's operations in China. And what we found is the risk exposure varies. Um, it varies from a variety of factors. It could be the, the nature of the company's technology and the product solutions. It could be the nature of the company's customers. It also could be driven by the, the JV partners that a, that a company has. So fundamentally, what we try to do is we, we look at the risk profile um, of the operations and then define out what the, what the right path forward is, what the mitigation options are uh, to, to deal with a deal with company's exposure. How has, let me just stay with you for one more minute here. How has some of that changed or how do you anticipate that it will change in the commercial operation side going forward? Yeah, great question. The, what we found is it's, it's a, wholesale, a wholesale change that's occurring. And the traditional strategies 
that companies have employed to be successful in China no longer are sufficient to deal with today's realities. Let, let me maybe give you a, a, a few examples. W one strategy that companies have historically used is to form JVs with local pl players, particularly those that are state-owned enterprises. Pretty much all four big Chinese auto OEMs today are our key JV partners of a lot of automotive suppliers. But they also all provide military vehicles and have manufacturing operations in Shanglong, which uh, actually exposes suppliers to those to those companies to, to, to new risk. Another example of a sort of a traditional approach companies have taken is to build a sort of a strong China to China presence. So that could be, you know, local engineering capability, that could be strong local leadership, that could actually be just a completely different brand in China. Um, but what we're finding is actually access or sort of the, the, the close partnerships that, that, that companies have in China has actually contributed to some of the problems that you have. If you think about IP theft that in, in a lot of instances has been supported by the government or, or the fact that relying on China for local supply chain or, or local engineering talent, talent has driven increasingly more complex um, operations it actually creates a, a much more tangled web, I think, today than, than, than in the past. Rob, let's switch to supply chain interdependencies. What are you looking at? Yeah, we're really looking at a number of lenses on, on supply chain and interdependencies, depending on kind of what companies think of and view as, as their own risk. I think there are, you know, what is the supply and demand of a number of different inputs into your battery or your EV? Kind of on your regional or local level so you know what is ira required to hit those we hit those subsidies what about the supply and demand on more the global level is there actually enough in the world to hit kind of when you think about your demand and where it sits on kind of the global demand uh picture is there actually enough supply to hit that and then what are your kind of your esg risk um overall as well as a number of these factors have esg concerns around um water usage around carbon etc um, and how do you kind of mitigate those? So there's a number of different lenses on on kind of supply chain and interdependencies and risks that I think a number of companies are going to have to really think about and, and where are they comfortable or where do they need to kind of invest to kind of mitigate those risks. And Rob, what about beyond EIRA issues? I know you say that we really have to think of the world as facing four main challenges. What are those? Yeah. There's really four challenges when we kind of looked at end to end what the battery supply chain looked like. I think number one is really around there is a potential for some global and even kind of regional supply shortages of critical minerals like lithium, nickel, cobalt. Uh, there's potentially regional supply shortages of some of the constituent materials and battery components. So that's more on the regional basis, though, if, if, the, if you know, the U.S. wanted to get it from IRA compliant countries or there may not be enough supply there if, if Europe's doing the same thing. The third is really around really geographic and supplier concentration. We see really high geographic and supplier concentration in a number of aspects of the battery value chain. Um, and that's really more, you know, that opens you up to a lot of different risks where if you have supply concentration, something goes wrong in a country, it could be an economic shock, it could be, you know, a, a natural disaster, et cetera. There's risk there in just having high concentration, which kind of exists across the value chain. And then there's the last one, which is really around that ESG thing and just being able to make sure that we meet ESG requirements as we kind of grow at pace, especially in more of the, the critical mineral mining portion of the value chain. That's where we kind of see the, the highest potential for issues. Rashan, when you carve out China, or if you try to carve out China, it's complicated, right? It takes time. 
What do you have to watch for if you're thinking about risk and maybe mitigating the plan that you have? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Jason. The, the, the perspective we have is you have to proactively plan and, and manage for this. Because to your, to, to your point, actually carving out or develop or switching suppliers or moving manufacturing out of China or duplicating capabilities, these are all things that take anywhere from 12 months to three years to, to actually pull out and do. But when you compare that to the timing of when we see risks materialize, there's a meaningful mismatch. So let's say, for example, the U.S. government puts a certain piece of technology on expert control for, or across an industry. At best, you're going to have a few months of warning um, because of some speculation or, or, or leaks. Let's say a customer of yours gets put on an entity list. Again, at best, you're maybe given a one to two week sense of advance notice on, on if that's going to happen. So what, what you start to see is a huge timing mismatch between when we see risks materialize um, and, and come into fruition versus the time it takes to mitigate them. So what, what we recommend to all of our clients and what we're seeing companies do is develop as proactive of a measurement mechanism as possible so that if you do have strong conviction that a risk is going to materialize, you knew exactly what you have your plan in place and you know exactly what you're going to do to, to address that. And Rob, how would you address um, items in the market where you think about strategy or supply chains or partnerships, I guess, going forward? Yeah, I think I'd, I kind of highlight two things. I think there's a few different ways that companies have to think about and act differently here. Number one is really, we got to think about strategy a little bit differently than maybe we did a couple of decades ago, where you say, hey, I'm going to set a five-year plan and I'm going to go and execute towards that vision and towards that five-year plan. We think it's more about uh, a living and breathable strategic plan that you need to be doing. We call it strategy uncertainty, where you might have a sense of the direction of travel and have a decent amount of conviction about that, but the market can move very quickly right now, just given the uncertainty. So you really have to think about what are the biggest uncertainties that are going to impact that plan and where would I need to pivot? And what are the signposts or the kind of leading indicators out there that would make me need to act differently or quickly think about a new investment, et cetera? So really thinking about strategy a little bit differently. And then the second thing you mentioned was, was partnerships and, and thinking about how do you take when in such an uncertain world, right, in terms of the pace of demand for EVs, um, the availability of mineral supplies, et cetera, how do you kind of set up partnerships in your value chain so that you have a risk sharing me methodology of like, you're not the only one out there that's putting a really big facility in, let's say, and the demand doesn't materialize because then you're on the hook for that. So trying to figure out how do we kind of organize the value chain so you're moving and locks up that you can get kind of offtake agreements out there. Um, before you put yourself at unnecessary risk is is a little bit different than how we've done it in the past. Um, I think mostly because because of how much uncertainty there is in the market. And the final thing, Prashant, the next decade, I know you think it's going to be a little choppy, don't you? We we do we do. In in if you look back, the, the, the signs we see of geopolitical deterioration, it it just amplifies and gets gets almost worse by the day even if you look at 2023 the, the the number of things that have happened either forceful actions by the u.s or chinese governments uh or you know mutually escalation of of military actions we see a world where the the tensions between the two countries 
will continue to simmer and, and likely get a little bit worse. And, and, and I think the most important point, Jason, is for, from our perspective, it doesn't actually take military conflict or military escalation for it to get for companies that are participating in the market to feel sort of the economic impacts of it. We think a continued sort of tension state of the world where both companies fight and continue to fight for economic um, economic superiority will start to have meaningful impacts in, in how, how companies are, how companies compete and how companies are able to win in that market, particularly those that are based out of the U S great advice, Rob, any final words from you? No, I think I, I just echo kind of what Prashant was saying is that we want to be, um, we, we need to be aware that the future is going to be choppy, but I think, you know, our perspective still very much is that we know what the direction of travel is and that it is that EVs are going to continue to gain um, over traditional ICE vehicles. Um, and while it might be choppy, you still want to make sure that you have that vision and kind of have that conviction on what direction is the world going? Um, because I can, I think that can kind of set a little bit of your, your overall strategy, your overall go close to where, where, you, where you want to go. And then it's really just about being thoughtful about how do you structure those agreements and how do you kind of time your phase, your investments in the appropriate way? Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate both of you sharing your own insights today. Rob, Prashant, thank you for being on Automotive Insiders. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. This was fun. I appreciate it. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to my guests, Bain Executives, Prashant Iyer and Rob Pick. And thanks for listening to the show. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time.